Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, football is back. And if you're looking to get some action on football this season, I'm going to tell you just how to do that. It's called the Underdog Fantasy app and their Pick'em game. All you have to do is pick higher or lower on your favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. They keep it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players and fill out your entry, and if you get every pick right, you're taking home some cash. Use code 10K and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Once again, that's code 10K on the Underdog app, or go to www.underdogfantasy.com. On this episode of It's a Bit... We're joined by Minnesota Twins legend Burt Blylevin. He's a two-time World Series champion, one with the Twins, an MLB All-Star, and a color commentator for the Twins when we were growing up. Awesome interview with Burt. Honestly, a dream come true as someone who grew up liking the Twins ever since I was a kid. So an awesome interview with Burt. We're also going to go over our bits of the week, as always, and end the show with an older segment we used to do uh, called the Twidiot of the Week. It used to be called the Social Simp. Then we're going to call it the Twidiot, but then Cam reminded me that it's called X now, which sounds like a porn site. Um, so the Exidiot. Extreme. Extreme Idiot. Exidiot. Exidiot, yeah. So all that more on It's a Bit. This is the It's Bit podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Burgeoning empire called 10,000 Takes. This is the It's a Bit podcast featuring boss man, wags, and journalist Jake. Journalist Jake's a bitch, motherfucker. Hey, you know those guys that do 10,000 Takes? They do some funny bits, right? They're good. They're funny dudes. Yeah. 10,000 Takes. You're hanging with the number one podcast in the Twin Cities. It's a bit with 10,000 Takes. Last name ever. All right, folks, welcome back to It's a Bit, presented by 10,000 Takes. My name is Boss Man. I'm joined by producer Cam and journalist Jake. And as I mentioned, the Loons update is dead. So for those of you who are getting all of your insightful Loons info from me, I got to tell you to find a better source. I've, I've since retired from the Loons update delivery game. But uh, here's a Twins update. They lost the Tigers tonight. That's depressing, but I don't really know if there is a better source. So good luck. Yeah, I mean, all, all Loons news is now fucked. Yeah, um, it's not, yeah, because I was the source. Yeah. Most people were like, oh, yeah, I heard on It's a Bit that, like, the Loons had bought in the Twitter bird, and yeah. those guys did, like, no one knew what the word avian meant, but now we do know, because those guys, like, brought the word to light, because... Ad- we- Adam Schefter to the NFL is the equivalent to 10,000 takes to the Loons. True. I'm Except like, now. I'm like the Jeff Passan of the, of the Loons. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is fucked. Everyone else is fucked. You learned all your good football terms from us, so. Yep. Yeah, well, now in the Soccer. real, sorry, the real Soccer. football starts, uh, American football, preseason football. The Vikes play this Thursday. The only football. At 9 mm-hmm. p.m. That's the downside. Yeah. Like yeah, I said, like I was mentioning to you guys, it's going to be great to sit down and watch a Vikings game, and I'm already picturing Jaron Hall throwing a game-winning touchdown pass to Jalen Naylor at about 11.55 p.m. Yep. And we all go to bed and lose sleep because of preseason football. Not Jalen Naylor. It's going to be Jalen Rager, though. No. Oh. He can't catch. Oh. Rager can catch punts. Is he even it. still on the team? Unfortunately. Oh, geez. And then we just drafted, or we just signed the uh, other 
first round wide receiver that sucks. The Patriot, Patriots guy, and they're going to give him number twenty eight. Not anymore. The, He's number eighty five. Oh, thank oh, yeah, God. They, I was they, they say gave that, a different guy. That would have been odd. Yeah, that's a fucking atrocity. I'm sorry. Yeah, who's yeah. the Patriots guy? They just got what? Harry, the, the Inkeel Harry, yeah, yeah, Inkeel. He's not the Inkeel. one. He's not the one who lateraled the pass back to Mac Jones, which resulted in them losing the game. Was I think it? that was Jacoby Myers. Okay, thank God. Inkeel Harry played. Inkeel. On. <laughs> Is that how you say his name? Inkeel. I'm gonna kill I, it's you. Just, I make so, fun of it. Inkeel. Oh. He played uh, for the Bears last year, and um, he is actually the father of Jair Alexander. Oh, love that. So at least we okay. can use him two times a year. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's about it. He should, uh, did he gritty on uh, Jair Alexander to do the gritty-ception? I hope so. Yeah. I need someone to gritty on Jair Alexander's grave when he dies. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fucked up, Cam. Cam's going to show up to some random-ass fucking graveyard, wherever that guy's from, <sighs> and he's just going to be like, ah. People are going to be like, who is that fucked up guy with the mullet? No. I'm going to hell. Yeah, <laughs> you probably are. Send you straight, they'll send you straight to jail if they catch you doing that. Yeah, if they catch this you. This guy digging up bodies? Yeah. Uh, you want to eat him? Yeah, hit up the 10K lawyer. Is it illegal to, to gritty on a gravesite? I've, uh, in high school, done some stupid shit in graveyards before. We'll never again. You that, s- that shit will kill you. You seem like the cat. Yeah, you're probably fucking cursed now. Oh, I am. You were yeah. possessed by a demon. Yeah, because <laughs> we did that and then went to Gray Cloud Island. It was the Oh yeah, Ray Cloud Island. It's haunted. Yep, it's very haunted. It's all fucked. There's the white, a bunch of demons. There. The white truck. The, the interdimensional demons. The interdimensional demons are there. The white ghost truck. I'll tell you. Yep. Yeah. They're all demons. Uh, the twins, though, they did win one game, or they lost one game of like six. So if yeah, if they fine. if they can win three of five games, we'll be okay. They have a five and a half game lead just, on the division, yeah. which in our division is legitimately a fifty-five game lead. Yep. Just, just don't sniff to five hundred. Yeah. Don't go. Don't get close <clears throat> to five hundred. Well, yeah, they, they could. Because it's Minnesota, but they did sweep the Diamondbacks, which is great. That's fucking sick. And Joe Mauer's inauguration piss pounded the Tigers. The first yeah, game. they yeah. did. So they're fine. They're yeah. not going to get. They're not. I was worried that they were going to sweep the Diamondbacks, but then just get swept by the Tigers. Which that would have been typical sense. fashion. Like, oh, we're so, down one game of but, seven after having one of those be a sweep. It's like, but oh, they so won- the other one they got swept in four. But they won Monday's game, so I'm like, okay, yep, nope. This there's something different going. This on This team's right for now. real. Per us, back. per the, Jeff Passan. Who? I said, back? I said twins back. Oh, twins back. I think said Gallo back. No, no never no. would say that don't in my get, life. Don't get Jake Horn. jersey on Saturday. It was so funny. He struck out three times. <laughs> he got a walk. Everybody was clapping. Gallo dead. Yeah, that but you got hilarious. to see uh, Joe Maurer get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was fantastic. So. Burt Blylevin was there as well, so it was, yeah. uh, it was fantastic. Joe Nathan, a bunch of other fantastic twins. You were in the same building as him two days in a row. Mm-hmm. That's a new I record. Was. Yeah. Yeah. But you were awesome. also in the same room as Joey Gallo at the same building. And Joe Mauer. And Joe, but Joey Gallo. Just a lot of, a a lot of Joes. Yeah, a lot of Joe, Joe Nathan. Like I said, they were showing a bunch of the old Joe Nathan, Joe Mauer commercials. Yep. Twins Territory commercials. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, he, uh, gave uh, where he gave the kids uh, the uh, the sideburns. That was great. Oh, yeah. Well, we mentioned it with the bird interview. The sideburns mm-hmm. are fantastic. Yeah. So Impeccable. Yeah. Um, let's get into a bit of the week before our interview with Bert. Uh, we'll start with you, Cam. What do you got? Uh, my bit is the raw. Raw is war. Is war. Yeah. Sorry, I have to say it with you. Let's all say it together. Raw, raw is, is raw. war. Nope. What? Well, you're an idiot. Stop. You ruined it. <laughs> say it again. Do it again. Oh, raw yeah. is war. You, didn't, no, you, you fucked idiot. it up. Because I was going to make you say it by yourself to oh. fucking... That's but what I, you deserve. Oh, sit like in the corner, Bart Jay. writing it on the chalkboard. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking I'm of, actually. Sitting in the corner. Anyway, uh, raw is indeed war. Um, last night, the WWE was... Very generous and gave us some free tickets to Monday Night Raw. And because, Cam, Raw is yeah, war. It is war. It is war. And let mm. me tell you, it was fucking electric. 
I used to watch wrestling a lot when I was little, but like seeing it live and being that close and having like one of the guys like sprint past us scared the shit out of me. But the whole thing was electric and people are into it. And I thought like, I'm not making fun of anyone, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like there was this, some lady that was like sitting next to me is like hardcore WWE fan. Right. And if you're a hardcore fan, you know that it's not real, but like she was getting into it. Like you would like a TV show, which more power to her. It's great. But like, there was a ref that was doing like the one, two, three thing. And he was like slow into the third. And she's like, I fucking hate this ref every time. He's yeah. so slow. <laughs> she's just like getting pissed. It's, it's rigged. That's it's why like, it's well, legit. It is legitimately kind of rigged. Yeah, like yeah. Scripted, we say every other sport's rigged. Like this sport is legitimately rigged. Legitimately, yeah. but they should know. Yeah. It's like a, it's entertainment value. Also, like, oh, uh, former It's a Bet guest, uh, Xavier Woods had an awesome jump off the top rope to, uh, to pin one of the guys from the goofy-looking Viking. Yeah. Yep, the Viking Raiders. Which started the skull chant when those mm-hmm. guys came out, but then Xavier Woods did the flying... The flying... The flying V. Whatever move that is, and, and pinned the shit out of that guy. It was that that awesome. actually proceeds, or leads into my next question. If you guys had, like, a finisher in... If you were a WWE wrestler and you had a finisher, what would you call it? Because I just thought of mine on the stop spot when you said flying. Uh, the flying V. Uh, yeah, I just call mine the flying I would, V. I would do the flying moose knuckle, oh and I would just God. knee him right in the groin. The flying moose knuckle. Who, dude, who was it? Who who went to like an amateur wrestling event, and the guy had a finishing move where it was like, suck my balls. Or, what? Do you guys remember? Was that, was that Bubba who went to, he went to like, our friend Bubba went to like an amateur wrestling event, and there was some outrageous term that a guy had. Oh no, it was like eat his ass or yeah, it was something yeah. really messed up. <laughs> eat his ass. Yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, my finishing move would be something with a slam, like the. Yeah. Uh, well, that's too basic. The super slam. I don't know. Give me some time. I'll come up with something right. better. We'll, we'll WWE re- walkouts, by the way, unmatched. Yeah, they're the incredible. energy, the music, the theatrics, the names, and the, everything. I always love like the way they like get up on the top rope and they just like stare everyone down straight face. Like mm-hmm. it gives you chills. It does. Like when Cody Rhodes goes out there and does it, the whole building is chanting his name, and he's just on the second rope, just like giving the the crowd like a death stare. Yeah, it is the most badass moment. Or when like Seth Rollins, they do like that they hum that's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah but like the pyrotechnics are unbelievable fireworks In, yeah mm-hmm. inside of like a, an arena yeah i'm not gonna lie it's really sad to say nowadays but i like ducked yeah a couple you, times, a couple times like, you're like oh, well, shot? You were right it, next it, to br- me. it brings yeah, you back to like the, the fuck out of it me. brought me back to like the metrodome yeah. like how loud those cannons were in the dome like when the vikings would run out yeah. Like it's fucking loud in the target. Like it's very loud. It would be like they would be done with the intro, and then you would think, and then all of a sudden it's just. Boop, boop, boop. It sounds yeah. like Jack when he was doing the uh, helicopter thing in the edibles episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like, it's like, it, yeah. It's like a machine gun. It was fucking. And when you're and, well, and when you're in Minneapolis, like your first in, instinct yeah. is, is to duck, thinking exactly. that it's gunshots. Yeah, yeah. So. Wait, no, I'm not outside. You I'm can't good. do that in this neighborhood. You can't. <laughs> you can, you cannot do that downtown. Not no. even in the inside of the target. Sorry, WWE. It was in Detroit last week, though. Yeah, so. the SummerSlam or yeah. whatever on yeah. Saturday. But yeah, it was fun to watch. And but yeah, all the antics and that. Who was that one uh, wrestler? Uh, Gable. Oh, yeah. G- Gable was from from here. Twin but it, Cities. It's not. No, 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 no. That not. That's a different one. They called him Gable or Gable, the guy that would go like, "Thank you." Yeah, he's, yeah, he was. He's, he's oh, yeah, he here. is from Minnesota. But it, it makes it, it was yeah, so Gable misleading Stevenson. because Gable Stevenson is from Minnesota, but that's right. not Gable Stevenson. Yeah. No, this is so a different was like, guy. His, his name, is, name is like the Saint. Is it Gable or was it Gable? I think it's like Gable. I don't know. With the V, but... that's why I thought people were starting to say. And then I was like confused because I'm like, Gable so, Stevenson's not up there. It's it's Chad Gable. 
Okay. He's, so it is Gable. He was an, he, I know that name. He was an Olympic wrestler as well. Oh, okay. So, so that is crazy kind of ironic. Also, the, the super like scrawny, tall surfer dude who's wearing nothing but underwear. Bro. He looked like a bag of Funyuns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and when he comes out, everyone yells, bro. Yeah. Like, bro. His, his role is to just be a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I found it. So uh, Cha- uh, Charles Edward Betts is that his actual name is an American professional wrestler and former amateur wrestler. He was signed to the WWE, uh, where he performs on the Raw brand under the ring, Chad Gable. He's 37 mm. years old, and he was born in St. Michael, Minnesota. Nice. 37? Yeah. He looks younger than that. But wow. Yeah. Thank he you. won the. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He won the. Uh, he won the like the one v one v one v one, and those are always the most confusing because it's yeah. one guy versus one guy. It's a free for all and four people. Pure chaos. Being the hometown guy, they had to make him win, of course. But going back to what you mentioned, the show basically ended. Sorry if you're a WWE fan and you had it taped. Spoiler: uh, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and one other guy had a tag team against Rey Mysterio's son, who is like a villain. What's yeah, Dom. I forget what their... Dom like, Mysterio, who's like, who's like the... the rot- Judgment Day. Yeah, the rotten mm-hmm. child who got into like uh, Marion uh, Mar- Manson's music. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. That's yeah. basically what Dom turned out with Rey Mysterio. He's a villain. He sucks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they wrestled, and it was at one point 2v3, and then, yeah, right past us on the floor... A guy who was supposed to be injured, who was originally supposed to be part of that match, ran in. His arm was all taped up and shit because he got jumped in a in a cut yeah. scene like right before the match. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he went in there and saved the day. They won. Cody Rhodes was you know celebrating all over the arena. The whole place was just erupting with applause, yeah. and it was fuck. It was a great night, man. Well, it was just pure chaos too. Because if you remember when Judgment Day came out, like the 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 girl that's with him, which I think is like the champion or whatever mm-hmm. for like the women's side, just got fucking jumped by like six women. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Like, what the fuck up is to happening? the ring? Walking well, up to yeah. the ring. Like like when we're there laughing, it's not that we're making fun of it. It's like we're entertained. Yeah, like yeah, like crazy. there's nothing better than when a guy is or a gal is just out in the middle of the ring. You know, just talking about God knows what, and then some music starts, yeah. and they just turn and they like just stare the person down as the person comes out of the. But there's nothing better than in WWE when someone comes full sprinting out. There's no walk up music <laughs> or anything, and the announcers just fucking lose. Like here comes John Stevenson. Yeah, which watch which, out, watch out, watch yeah, out. Which happened right next to us. Yeah, that guy that came Sammy running Zane. in. Yeah, came running in, and no one was ready for it, and mm-hmm. he ended up helping them win the match. So I it was. I mentioned this awesome. last night. Every time I think WWE, I think of uh, Jim Ross back in the day. Oh my God, that man has a family. Yeah, <laughs> so good, dude. It was so it much was, fun. It was unique experience for sure. I it think I crazy. do genuinely believe you don't have to be a wrestling fan to have the time of your life at that. I'm not saying to enjoy it. I'm saying to have the time of your life as a sports fan. Mm-hmm. It just it brings out a new piece of you that you didn't know was there, or at least the piece of you that existed when you were younger. So our guy Xavier Woods got the dub. Uh, our other guy, uh, uh, Chad Gable, got the dub. Yeah. Just a great night for the Twin Cities. Can we do that one more time? Yeah, Chad Gable. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you. It, didn't it, isn't there like a thank you before that? Uh, thank, uh, thank you. you. And the, whole, the whole crowd does it, too. Uh, thank so you. Good. But, then, yeah, you. But then there was the other guy who, who like, he walks out. Everyone just yells, bro. And they're just yeah. like, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like wearing a flat pillow and he like throws it in the crowd. Dude, I really liked uh, when it, uh, Miz or Awesome came out with L.A. Knight and everyone was like, L.A. Knight. Oh, yeah. And it, that was fucking sick. Who was, yeah. who was the big ass guy who was with the hot chick who got his ass kicked by the pretty boy? Oh, that was like Maxine and the big 
What was the dude. big guy's name? He was. I said he was the most relatable wrestler because he's a big dude with a beard and he's oh, fat. Brutus or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. The Maxine girl. <laughs> yeah, that that guy's my favorite wrestler. Yeah. The pretty boy. I wanted to kill him. Well, that's his and role. Yeah, I know, he's, I know. But it's the typical like cocky douchebag that who, tries to get every woman, who tries to yep. womanize, and he mm-hmm. he'll fight anyone to get to the woman. Like his sole purpose isn't to be a good wrestler; it's to just get laid. That, yeah. if, if a pixie stick had an insane jawline, that's what that dude is built yeah. like. Yeah, but he beat that guy. So yeah, he beat the the big dude. Such a dude. Such a great night. It I, was I'm, I'm pumped for the next time the WWE be here. I think we got fucked though. I, I'm pretty sure Smat or. Uh, WrestleMania was going to be at U.S. Bank. I see it's at the link now. Next, um, year, next year, 2024. So Philly wins again against we, Minnesota. Uh, so does this mean we're going to watch Friday Night SmackDown on Monday Night Raw every week here? We should try. I'm saying if we have nothing else <laughs> going on on a Friday or a Monday and we're watching God knows what, I think we, I think we put it on at least one TV. I think we make Let's that a personal it. goal. Hell yeah. And I'm telling you, man, you get sucked into the storyline. And that one gets the volume because you got to follow along. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I'm, in. I'm yeah. all into getting back into wrestling. Raw is war. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's go to you, journalist Jake. What do you got? Uh, I have the just give me the bogey bit. This is in reference to golf. You know, when you're, you're kind of cheating and you uh, you maybe go out and hit like five five mulligans on one hole or keep dropping a ball, keep chunking it and get up to the, get up to the hole and you put it so far away. You just pick it up. Don't even finish it. And you, you know, your friends ask you, what is your score? And you just say, give me a bogey. And so I personally done this. I'm guilty of doing this. Uh, try to wean off of it more to try to get more accurate scores. So, you know, I can make it to the U S open, of course. Um, but uh, I was with our buddy Bubba, the time for lunch guy. If you know who he is, um, he's a bigger dude. Not completely horrible at golf, but he had a few bad holes where kept chunking it. Here, I'm going to hit another ball, would chunk it again, would just walk up near the green, kind of drop it near the green, chip it on, put it past the hole 10 feet after I was done with the hole. And he's like, just give me a bogey. Just give me a bogey. He's worse than me, right? At golf? Yeah. No. No, he's got a decent swing. He's actually, actually pretty good at golf. He's been golfing since he was a kid. What? Yeah, no, he's actually not bad. He... uh He's an idiot, like on some holes where, like, but he actually has a, yeah, he can drive pretty well. I hate this. He can iron well and chip well. Oh. It just had a couple holes where you get pissed, start start saying a bunch of obscenities and swearing, get in his head, obviously, hit it too quick, hit a beaver pelt, and just pick up the ball. But in general, like, he's not a bad golfer. Like, he's he's pretty good. He just uh, would kind of half-ass it, not finish a hole, hit it past, and just say, uh, yeah, just give me a bogey. I'm like, dude, you clearly got like an eight or a nine on this hole. I'm so depressed now. No, he's not. Dude, he's been golfing a lot longer. Yeah, but it's Bubba. He was better than me like three or four years ago. You know, though, Cam, they say the most dangerous uh, weapon in the bag is the pencil. True. Yeah. So, so you go back to cheating. Some people just blatantly write down the wrong score. Maybe yeah. I should just do that. Yeah. I mean, you, that's uh, that's the best way to shoot like a 75 is just write down enough numbers to add up to 75. I'm not saying I do that or condone it, yeah. <laughs> but if you're really desperate enough to beat Bubba, then just no, cheat. Not. Well, he literally got the same score as me. I'm like, dude, how do you... We, we counted the final scores up. I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, he Wait, could... That was legit? No. For him, no. That's the bet. Oh, That's the yeah, thing is, there, the there, was a, there was a few holes where he legitimately got a par, and he looked great, and then there'd been another hole where he just, give me another ball. Give me another ball. It just I, I probably gave him four balls at one point out of the cart watching him hit just because he kept chunking it. And sometimes he would hit it well, and then he would get up. That was a birdie. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, dude, but I forgot to mention this. He It was that – so we were at Deer Run. It was that par three uh, 
was it part of three six? Um, it's kind of that longer part of three. Yeah, uh, that you got to use where the houses are on the right. The houses, I've almost yeah. hit those yep, houses. We always go yeah. right. Yeah. So he hit, actually hit a decent shot, but he was to the right of the green. I'm walking up to my ball. I'm like, I had a, I kind of chunked it. I, I, had, I got it on the fairway in two, and or uh, the green in two, uh, not the fairway. Uh, that would be really bad. <laughs> oh my! God. But I'm walking up to my ball. He chips it. I see him like line it. Like he punch shotted this. Like if this did, if this, it went in the hole. Oh, if really? this didn't, just if dunked it, it? Yeah, so it literally, he totally fucked this up. Line drive, bounces once into the hole, just slam dunk. I'm like, dude, he's I'm, he's like, I was trying to do that. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> no, you weren't. If that doesn't go in the hole, that's way behind he, off of the green. He it just was, doesn't even get excited. I was trying to do that. It was an incredible shot. Fake it till you make it, but, Cam. But, but he's like, I was trying. I'm like, dude, that literally bounced. If that goes just to the left or the right and misses the hole, that's that's off the back of the green uh, by like 20 yards. <laughs> but it went in the hole, and he, and he chucked his club up in the air. Yes. Oh I'm a good golfer. I like, dude, it was an incredible shot, but you didn't try to do that. And then, yeah, it was it was insane. <laughs> but he would do – that's what – he would do some – he would have some holes like that where he was – it was incredible. But then he'd have a lot of holes where just give me a bogey. I'm like, dude, you had like an eight on that hole. And yeah. therefore his score was – yeah. But a lot of people do that. And uh, he's not the only one, but I witnessed that this weekend uh, big time. That's fantastic. Yeah. There's some of those people you golf with who, like I said, they just – they write down whatever they want because it's a free country. Yeah. And- I, I've never understood blatantly cheating on the golf course. It's yeah. almost like going to a soccer field and playing in a game of soccer, but just running around with the ball tucked in your arm. It's it's like it's cheating. No, yeah. Technically, if you're just playing for fun like and you're by yourself, no one's going to stop you. But what's the point of paying all that money and just to, cheating? You know, right. a mulligan or two here and there, sure. Like, uh, But like this was like we we're talking. He was playing four balls on a few holes. Yeah. I'm like, you're not playing two ball golf. You're playing four ball golf on this hole. That's a problem. That was, that was, that was horrendous. And then, yeah. So yeah, but just, okay. Yeah. That's it. Um, my bit is the, uh, the first pitch bit. So we were lucky enough to be invited by the Eau Claire express of the Northwoods league out at Carson park in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, we went to their game. They played Wilmer on uh Saturday night and, uh, I got to throw out the honorary first pitch if you saw the video, it wasn't great. It wasn't my most athletic moment, uh, but I did get it to the catcher. Now, yes, I threw it maybe 10 feet over his head. He had to stand up from the crouch position, catch the ball almost as an over-the-arm catch, which mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this now. I think I made him look like a much better player by giving him that opportunity. I also made him warm up a little more by giving him an unpredictable throw that he had to make an athletic play. You can tell I'm justifying because it was a dog shit throw. But uh, here's the thing. I saw all the different – all I was watching all day was first pitch videos. This is the first time I've ever done a first pitch. You know, I start with this. Maybe we'll graduate to the Twins one day as a, as a lifelong dream. Maybe hit the Saints in the cutoff, do the middle. But uh, the last thing I wanted to do was end up like Carly, Carly Ray Jepsen or 50 Cent or fucking Conor McGregor and just throw like a shank or throw it directly into the ground. I wanted to make sure I got it to the catcher. So, like, God forbid I throw the ball over the over the catcher, but I got it to the plate, right? You did it. It was somewhere near him. Yeah. I don't, did you guys see the video? Yeah. I did. It's great. It's it's You did better than McGregor. You did better than 50 Cent. You're, I, you're going somewhere. I must be more famous than those people well, you, if I did a better job. As long as he so. catches it and it's in the air, I think that's a good first pitch. It's not like going back to the backstop and they're missing it. That no, or throwing it directly in front of my feet, which yeah. people have done. 
Yeah, and so. you didn't do like a gymnastics flip like I've seen. I've seen like U.S. gymnasts go out for first pitches and they do like a cartwheel and then throw it perfectly down. Yeah, and it's plate. like it's we like, can't we can't beat that. But no, and that know. that hurts. You know, common men like me who are just trying to go out there and just not make an ass of myself. That was really the only goal was to just not end up on like not top ten. Yeah, so exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful it was a good throw, a good enough throw. I'll work on it though. Next time I, I'm asked, I didn't actually know until we got there that I was doing the first pitch, or at least until the morning of. I'll practice, all right? Mm-hmm. And it was I funny it. because one guy commented and said, "Well, that was a pretty good throw. You did it left-handed." And I go, uh, "Buddy, I am left-handed." And he goes, "You might want to delete this." <laughs> so <laughs> he's also a keyboard warrior. So yeah, I that's mean, all he does. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, fuck but him. Yeah, it's it, it. It was fun. I was thankful to be able to do it. Uh, I followed that up later by doing the 999 challenge, which I've done technically only once. We did it back in 2021 at the Andover Aces game. And then we did the 993 last year during a hockey game. So this is my first time basically doing a 999 in two years, math. Um, And I did it. I fucking crushed it. I did it in eight innings because I'm just built different. 998. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I hadn't eaten anything in like 26 hours, so I ate the first three hot dogs in like probably a minute and a half flat. But did um, you say that the hot dogs were like, because at, at the Andover Aces games, they were really good, but they were super greased up yeah, and oiled. These, thank God these were like grilled hot dogs, so not not like roller dogs. Yeah, I, yeah. I was stressed about that all day. I go, if I show up here and these are roller dogs, I'm fucked yeah. because the, the you taste can, of that grease just sticks in your mouth. You can finish it like we finished it two years ago, but like... You like I puked obviously, but like you feel like when you're trying to pull down like or hone down that sixth or seventh hot dog with the beer when they're that greased up, it's like a feels like such a chore. But if they're grilled, they still taste fantastic, and you don't have that extra like oil and shit to kind of fill up your stomach, so you can kind of strategize better. Well, I'm I'm starting to think I could take this competitive eating to a next level because not only did I do the eight dogs or the nine 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 in like eight innings, but then. Later, we went out to the Pickle, which is a local bar in Eau Claire. Uh, and I drank something called the Trash Can, where they take like four different types of alcohol and dump it in a cup with some flavoring. Um, ended up drinking pretty much the rest of the night, and then we hit a gas station at Bar Close, and I fucking raided that place, too. How bad did your hotel room stink? Hmm. It didn't stink that bad. Insane. No, I uh, I got it at all, but I had like the cheese at snacks. I had a beef beef jerky stick. Couldn't even tell you what the brand of of gas station we were at was because I was that fucking schlogged from schlogged yeah from <laughs> schlogged drinking nine beers in two hours and then proceeding to drink a trash can at the pickle. Um, but Do you have any um, other drinks at the pickle? I didn't, but I did find out that there's this box that uh, a ton of uh, the college women. By the way, I'm the oldest guy in this bar at 26 years old. So if that doesn't say enough about what this place is, you you get the image now. But there's this box where a ton of women dance on. And I didn't think anything of it because, you know, with drunk women in elevated services, usually they end up dancing on some high area, whatever. That was like all the bars there, which was kind of funny. But later, a friend who mess- who I was talking to who graduated from there goes, did you dance on the slut box? And I go, the what? What? She goes, yeah, that box that all the chicks dance on, that's called the slut box. And I'm like, the well, I- <laughs> no, I did not actually, despite... Uh, mm. Numerous offers did not dance on, quote-unquote, the slut box, but I did inhale a trash can after eating nine fucking meat missiles and drinking nine nine bush lights in in a Northwoods League baseball game. Nice. The slut box. Slut box. Uh, 
Is Pickle an official sponsor? Is The Pickle? The Pickle is not, but uh, when we do move studios this fall, we're moving to Lower Town, we should build a slut box in, <laughs> in, in the studio. Just make a boot, boot like a club out of there. Yeah. I guess. Just sell booze. That's how, that, that's like, how else are we going to pay the rent? Come on yeah, down geez. to the slut box. Yeah. Come watch, the wa- like come watch a 9 p.m. wild game against Calgary in a negative 10 degree day in January and dance on the slut box. Featuring Bubba on the slut box from 9 to 10 p.m. You can touch his hernia. Oh. <laughs> and Fuck you, you. And you can drink a trash can, yeah. which is literally a concoction of alcohol that should be thrown in your trash. Bubba has a three song set on the slut box coming up. Yep. True. All yeah. three of them are big country. It's, yeah, it's exactly. his birthday. Get your cash ready. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. You, give him takes... a, you give him a dollar bill, it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> I take credit, oh. too. But um, I'm starting to think of this, boys, though. So I did the 999 in a pretty impressive amount of time. Like I said, eight innings. Fucking, we're like, we're pathfinding. We're, we're trailblazing this challenge here. Should I move into professional eating contests the way Bubba did? If, if you're an OG of the show or of 10,000 takes, Bubba used to go around the Twin Cities attempting eating challenges. Should I start doing this? I think I'm capable. Yes, you should. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it'd be fun. And then you should compete against other people from 10K to see what you, how you stand up against everyone. There's one individual who can beat me, and I I think you guys probably know who it is. Think really hard about who could probably eat more than me. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Andy. <laughs> yeah. Andy, Andy has beat has won like pizza eating challenges, like when we were at Lift Bridge last year for the. Kentucky Derby. He inhaled oh like three pizzas and he Seventh wasn't even Avenue pizzas. Those are like high quality, lots of cheese, lots of meat. That's not like a Jack's. Yeah. I could probably eat three Jack's if I hadn't eaten anything all day. He ate three Seventh Ave pizzas, and which are loaded. He didn't pizzas. look phased at all. And he was single handedly keeping lift bridge root beer in business <laughs> yeah deleted yeah. like a fucking keg of root yeah beer. and so eat, eat these pizzas it's kind of one of those things where i'll gladly be the second best competitive eater in 10k as far as i know who knows there, there might be more people how, out there who how, how do you match up against jake or i you're gonna wipe the floor with us yeah i don't know dude but i'm like it's weird i i think it's just because i know how to train right yeah. I've I've done the enough of these eating challenges so i know the amount of water to drink the way to drink it like how often you need to be going to the bathroom. Like there's all, I like Googled a, basically a training regiment the first time I did this. And I remember most of it and it's worked for the most part. So I need to go try some of these challenges and just see if I'm, even if I'm Damn. capable of being in the space. If this was like high school, I would destroy you. I used to eat more like than a fucking city, but yeah, now I, th- I think yeah. you win. Yeah. I think, uh, I would definitely participate on a couple of those again. I Cause I, uh, cause we did the Andy's pizza one. Yeah, we um, did. We should. We should try that one again. We should. And we. 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 Is it? We three people max, right? Yeah, we. We crushed that. We okay. crushed that. Bubba was actually struggling, and we were doing great because he doesn't. He didn't prepare well. Right. And we prepared well, and then the nine nine nine, nine nine three, which I technically finished, but I fucking puked. Right. Let's go do the pizza one. You guys um, want to do the pizza Andy's one? Hometown pizza. Yeah, it's in uh, Albertville. Yeah. Yeah. Albertville. Let's go. It's closer to us now. Yeah, true. We got to do it before we move out of the Plymouth yeah. house because it's. Yeah, hot. we'll make the trip. We made the trip from the South Metro before. Yeah, it's so not that bad. It wasn't. Well, but we'll we went. It. We went during COVID last time when like most places were shut down and there was nothing to do, and yeah. like half the town showed up. There was a gallery of like fifteen people watching. Yeah, and, like, we'll, we'll go. I think there. we've talked about it on the podcast, but one of the girls 
like walked in. She goes, oh, yeah, I work at the gas station next door. I just I just said we were closed for like the next 20 minutes. I'm here to watch this. And we're like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just three guys eating a pizza. Like, that's like, the best got, thing you have going on tonight. You guys do know guys. that Guy Fieri's not walking through this door. Yeah, right? I don't know what you're <laughs> expecting here. You're about to see some really disgusting shit if that's oh. what you're into. Yeah, but all right, uh, enough of that. Let's go into our interview with Burt Blylevin after a quick commercial. Vikings football is almost back, and you have to represent the Vikings in the best way. If you go to 10ktakesmn.com, click on the shop tab, you will see all of our newly released Vikings-themed merch, of course, with their 10K logos on them, so you can also represent the brand while also representing the Vikings. I know the preseason is starting up this week, so and the season is about a month away. So if you go to our tank, if you go to our website, go to the shop tab, you can see all of our fantastic Vikings merch, including our gritty design T-shirts, the God Bless Kirk Cousins T-shirt. We have a Hawkamania shirt as well for T.J. Hawkinson. We got plenty of in hoodies and T-shirts. So if you go on our website, 10ktakesmn.com, click on the shop tab, you can represent the Minnesota Vikings in the best way possible by getting the ten thousand takes Vikings themed. Merch. Also, so, Gritty Hat's coming back. Gritty Hat is going to be coming back. So. In the near future. We'll, we won't put a date on it. Yeah, that's not on the website, but it, it is coming back. It's going to be fun. That's a good product. Look out for it. All right, is it is it rolling? You ready, Bert? I'm ready. You're right. ready. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready Good. to go. We're pumped. I'm loving it. The two Stooges. I like yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Two, well, Jack you, and Jake. There is usually well, now, three now of us. Now we're the three Stooges. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you're the third one now. That's <laughs> okay. We always need yeah. a third one added. I've been called that before. Yeah. Okay. So You've been called one of the Stooges? I've been called many things before. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watch what I say, too. Yeah, you know. Well, this is, this is a great way to start the yeah. interview. Uh, we're yeah. joined by... A very special guest, a Hall of Fame MLB player, Twins alumni, two-time World Series champion, one with the Twins, and uh, former color commentator for the Twins that we grew up watching. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy to be here with you because, yeah, we grew up watching Twins baseball, and you were you were the one on TV talking, breaking it all down, and it's just awesome to be joined by Burt Blylevin. Well, thank you. You are here by Circles for doing that. Oh, wow. Yes. All those nice yes. words, yeah. It's the first yes. time I've been Circles, we should, I think. Yeah, well, I, did you, I, do you feel a little tingle or anything? Oh, my gosh. No? This nostalgia yeah. is pumping. I, know, I mean, I we... When, just when I did that, you feel it. Yep. You oh, my feel gosh. The force. I've been circled. Yeah. You basically just knighted me. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, want, I wanted to ask. I know, you've, I know you have talked about, like, the origin of that, but for the listeners that don't know, like, what, what started the Circle Me Burt Thing. Well, uh, you know, at that time we were Fox, uh, Fox yeah. Sports uh, yeah. uh, Network, and they gave me a telestrator. Well, John Madden, you know, with the NFL, he did the yeah. X's and the O's yep. and all that stuff on your TV, and they said, we'll want you to try this telestrator. Well, in baseball, you know, if the ball is hit the left center, I'm not going to draw a line <laughs> yeah. and, and cover the ball up. Yeah. So about the seventh inning, they finally said, you know, Bert, we want you to use a telestrator. So... Just so happened, we come back out of a break, and there was a Twins fan on the upper deck that they showed, and I said, hey, buddy, thanks for being a Twins fan. You're here by Circled. Yeah. Well, from there, Kansas City, we went to Detroit, and somebody actually made a sign that they drove 646 miles from Detroit Lakes to follow the Twins in Detroit. I circled the sign. I said, you guys are here by Circle. Thanks for being Twins fans. And it kind of mushroomed from there to where – you know, we came home and there were more and more signs and it went on forever and ever. And it's a great way, I thought, to interact with the fans because baseball is a fan's game. And, you know, to have a family come 
and actually make a sign in their hotel, come to the ballpark, and hope that they get circled by Bert, you know. And at that time, they were giving, I think, $50 a scratch-off lottery tickets away. So it was a lot of fun. It was a great way for, I think, Dick Bramer and I to interact with uh, with baseball fans. Yeah. No, I know me and my brother brought a sign every time, and that was always so the goal. Did you ever get circled? I can't remember because my grandparents would watch when we'd go. They'd be like, all right, we'll make sure to send you a picture, you know, or, or I think probably in that day it was you'd take it with, like, the, the rollback camera. But, yeah, I think I think there was one time we might have. I can't remember, but well, it was know, it was you, always the goal. You know what's so cool about it is because we could only maybe circle one or two people throughout the ball game coming yeah. from a break or something and before the inning starts. But my wife, Gail, would be with me, and she'd come to a lot of the ball games, and she would see – you know, maybe a handicapped child with with a family, and they'd have a sign. She would bring them up to the booth. Uh, oh, nice! The sixth oh, wow. or seventh inning, and you know, between the break, I would you know introduce you know I would sign the sign for them, and cool. or after the ball game, it was a lot of fun. Is uh, I still run into people that, and I still still see people on online show me signs that I signed and circled, and yeah, and uh, it's a good memory. Yeah, well, and, and speaking of, you can actually get some of Bert's autographed stuff in the upcoming uh, VSA auction. So between Saturday, August 14th and uh, August 31st, if you go to vsaauctions.com, then you can uh, win some sign or you can auction on some uh, signed memorabilia, including your World Series trophy. Yeah, right behind me. One of only three. Yeah, one of only three made, Uh, right, from that team? Well, what was about this, so club gets two World Series trophies, the owner and then the ball club. And uh, at that time, the commissioner was Peter Uberoff, and he said the players would only get the smaller version. Well, I have one of these, the Pittsburgh Pirate one in 1979. I have the original size one. So they. so I barked and I, uh, I I asked them. I said, "No, I don't want the smaller version. I want I want it to match in with my pirate one." And they uh, made this up especially for me. So yeah, it's got your name on know, it. It's beautiful. I'm the only uh, player on that team that has the original yeah. size trophy. Wow. And I'm willing to part with it through a VSA auction and looking forward to when the auction starts on August 14th. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, be very careful how you answer this question, but what World Series was better, Pittsburgh or Minnesota? Hey, you know what? There's a lot of people, Mm -hmm. players in the Hall of Fame that never went to a World Series or won a World Series, so I can't pick one or the other. I I can say 1979 with the Pirates, we are family. Uh, Sister Sledge came the next day when we got our World Series rings. They sang, you know, of course, we are family to the to us and to the uh, uh, fans in Pittsburgh. 1987, I think you, people out there don't realize what fans do to help a player on the field. Yeah. I mean, in 1987, we won all four home games because the fans were so loud at the Metrodome. And uh, I think even St. Louis uh, Cardinals is just overwhelmed at how the fans reacted. And I think the biggest moment that we had that people will remember, all the players on our ball club, is when we beat Detroit to come to go to the World Series. On the plane back, they asked us, would we go to the Metrodome because they're going to open it up to some season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. By the time we got there and those door open, those doors opened up, down the right field line, there were 55,000 people at 11 o'clock at night wishing us good luck in the World Series. It was totally awesome. And that that momentum carried all the way through the 
the all four games we won were in the Metrodome, and then the ticket parade in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It was just a great time. Yeah, yeah, something we never experienced. Uh, we were born in the mid '90s, so we're 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 still never. waiting. We're on waiting. Our, we're on still one. waiting on ours. Okay, so. it's coming. But it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. What was uh? Hold well, your horses. Yes. What was the celebration it. like in Minneapolis uh, mm-hmm. when you guys won? Cause well, again, it's the fans. You know, yeah. I mean, that it's a fans game, and I think uh, everybody in the five state area, everybody was so excited. Uh, we were supposed to when we left Minneapolis in or open cars and people were throwing confetti and everything. And we had a couple cars that, uh, I guess caught on fire because there's so much confetti <laughs> yeah. on. It was kind of cool. No, yeah. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. yeah. It I, is I did, cool. I, I wasn't one of the players yeah. on there, but, yeah. uh, God rest his soul. Yeah. No, I just couldn't. <laughs> but anyway, at the end of Minneapolis, we were supposed to stop, get on a bus, and then we're going to go to the Capitol in St. Paul. Well, because there were so many people, the bus couldn't get in there. So we drove, I guess that would be towards St. Paul, on 94 South, okay? Yeah. It's cold out. So, yeah. But we're sitting there, and cars coming the other way, going, say, north or west or whatever, they stopped on the freeway. I mean, it was like the whole yeah. state shut down. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then the finish the celebration at the Capitol was cool. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's something we want to experience for sure at some point. We always say that if like it, the Twins or like if the Vikings like win a Super Bowl when they've never won one, the state's going to implode. Yeah, it's gonna just or go even, like, even yeah. if it's like the Wild won the Cup, it would be well, like every, everything would shut like down. Like I said, it's a fans game, no matter yeah. what sport it is. The fans get into it, and you want to celebrate. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I know you played. You know, you played earlier in your career. From I think you played from the Twins and. When you first came into the league from 1970 to 76, so you played at the old Met. Yes. So I guess, what did you ever play in any, were there any like, I know you, well, the season starts in April, but did you ever play in any cold games there? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, opening day, it was uh, snow flurries. And oh, Mr. Griffith at that time, you know, is there going to be 40,000 people at that game? We're going to yeah. play. So you just awesome. try to, you know, try to throw that fastball between one of the snow you know, that's when it's coming down. <laughs> this is the, no, between the cold. snowflakes. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. You're, you know, your hands are frozen and stuff Jeez. like that. I think it's probably easier for a pitcher because you were constantly yeah. moving, but for, say, a center fielder or an outfielder standing yeah. in that cold with your cold feet, that would be tough. But it was a great place to play. Uh, of course, they went to the Metrodome at uh, 80, 80, 82 was the first season there, and then now in beautiful Target Field. Are you glad that the Twins are back outside? Uh, yes. Yeah, I am. I mean, that's the way the game should be played. Yeah. You know, of course, down in Miami, where I live, Fort Myers, Florida, uh, you know, the Marlins and also the Rays, they need the dome because of the uh, weather. Yeah. Right. Because it rains like pretty much every day Almost, in the summertime. Yeah. 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 Did you get to experience any of the uh, the Metrodome staples, like getting blown out of the door? The troughs in the bathrooms. At the Metrodome? The, yeah. That was a cool place. Yeah, it was. I, I liked aspects. the Metrodome. Uh, yeah. It was called a Homer Dome yeah. because of yeah. me, I mm-hmm. think, because I gave yeah. up a lot of home runs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, you know what? Uh, we were guaranteed to start a ball game. And as a starting pitcher, you know, you can have a routine and that you maintain. It's kind of yeah. like you have to be work by 9. Don't be there at 9.05, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. But, you know, the game would start at 7 o'clock or 7.05. So I had a routine that I knew that when I went to warm up that the game was going to be uh, interrupted. Yeah. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask, um, 
out of all the stadiums you played in, which was your favorite, would you say? Well, people say, what what was the favorite parks that you played in or yeah. would like to have played in? I said Yosemite and, uh, and uh, Yellowstone because yeah. they had no fences. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, the ball could just keep going just forever. Go, go forever. Yeah. There's no <laughs> yeah. home runs there. Wow. There's not a home run there. Yeah. Jeez. That's perfect. Yeah, but, you know what? When I came up back in 1970, I met the team at 19 years old at Fenway Park. Yeah. That's cool because it's still there. Yeah. Uh, went to Washington, and my first major league game was against the Senators. Uh, we won two to one. The first guy I ever faced hit a home run off me. That's why I like mm-hmm. the outside parks. Yep. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, <laughs> Parks are no fences. Yeah. But but then from there I went to we went to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You know, so yeah. old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the history right there. I remember when I came up, you you look at, you know, Fenway Park. Ted Williams played there, one mm-hmm. of the all time great hitters ever. And then you go to Yankee Stadium and all of a sudden you're looking at the right field line being at two ninety six at that time. For a home run, but you think Babe Ruth played there, right? Or Mickey Mantle played there. So yeah. the history of those stadiums was really cool for me when I first came up at a young age. Yeah. Now yeah. speaking of giving up home runs, I played. We played a rec league softball last year, and I was the pitcher, so I gave up quite a bit of homers too. We can, uh, we can now uh, we can we can relate on that level. The old like turnover, look up, and you're like, "Yep, that, yeah, that's yeah. gone. That's very good." Well, I gave up 50 home runs. One year in the whole winter, I was in a neck brace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking over so much. Yeah, hey, oh, gosh. My, yeah, yeah. Get, you, get, you, know, yeah. Got, you know what got so bad was that when I pitched, my kids would go out in the outfield and sit with gloves. Oh gosh, they, they had a like, chance to yeah. maybe catch a ball. Yeah, right. right. Catch a ball thrown right. by dad. My dad's gonna get me a ball today. What? Where is he? He's pitching. Yeah, he's he's what? on the mound right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Well, when a, oh, when man. a right hander was up, they'd be in left field. Yeah, but. They would almost they'd they'd yell at me, Dad, wait, 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 because they had to run the right field <laughs> yeah. and the left handed hitter was coming. Like, up. don't pitch yet, don't pitch no, yet. Yeah, no, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Gosh. That's great. I was gonna ask, uh, you know, growing up though, was there any was there were there any players that you or batteries you faced that you kinda had like maybe a grudge against or that you always wanted to strike out or, you know, you always wanted to make sure they didn't get a hit? I mean, of course, your goal is to not allow a hit on any hitter, yeah. but was there any specific player you're like, I just it don't felt like better. Guy. It felt better. I don't yeah. know. Maybe if I hit him, it yeah. felt good. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, there were some of yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. To name them, I can't. Yeah, I know. They'll we come don't. after yeah, me yeah. and beat me up. Yeah, we don't need that <laughs> but, uh, to this day, yeah. But you know what? Yeah, there was. You know, I was a big believer when I came up. I I idolized Sandy Koufax, John Drysdale mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. Yeah. I love Bob Gibson, his, his desire. My best conversation at the age of 19 was sitting in the dugout with Don Drysdale. Don Drysdale was known to hit his mother if he had to, okay, oh, in okay. a game, if it wow. counted. Yeah. But yeah. he was mean out there. And I kind of took a lot of his philosophies and what he told me in about 10, 15 minutes throughout my career of protect, especially you have to protect your teammates. Yeah. It's harder today because the game has changed. It's made a, it made a sissy game now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask yeah, you your thoughts on the game today. Uh, mm. Analytics, no, I uh, don't like it. Uh, pitch count, they always, you know, they said, uh, you know, what, how many pitches did you throw in a game? We didn't know, right? Yeah. We didn't <laughs> Back know. I mean, the hitters let us care. know when we were done. Yeah, you know, or if your elbow just <laughs> exactly. came out. Sometimes in the first inning, yeah. you're, like, you're out. No, I'm, I'm yeah. not done yet. I'm still Come pitching. On. Yeah, I can, yeah. It's only eight runs. Come yeah. On. 
Yeah, like, exactly. Keep me going. My arm is almost jello, but you know, let's go. Yeah, yeah. It feels but like. But you know what? Time. Back then, I think complete games, which I had a lot of those shutouts, was all that. And uh, actually, in in the auction, I have a win from every game that I pitched in the big leagues. If oh. I threw a nine inning shutout or yeah. a complete game. That's the ball that we're going to be auctioning Sweet. off for that individual game yeah. that I pitched. If I uh, say I, I won a game, but I pitched only five or six innings, now I'm probably just go six or seven. I didn't like going five. Yeah. <laughs> no. If I pitched six or seven, then I would get a ball yeah. from that game, and I wrote on it and uh, a little bit of history of, of that game. Yeah. So, that's kind of sweet. Cool. You did that for every game? Yes, I did. Wow. All, all, my, all my wins. Okay, yeah. I had 287 okay. wins, also mm-hmm. for the World Series wins mm-hmm. and the postseason, my, my 3,000 strikeout ball. And then when I came up at 19, Walter Johnson was the all-time strikeout leader at mm-hmm. 3,507. Yeah. Correct? Uh, and when... Yeah. When I started, I did. I never considered myself a strikeout, but I was. I ended up third all time on the strikeout list. But as I passed guys like Walter Johnson, Tom Seaver, Gaylord Perry, I kept that baseball, and that's in my collection. That's awesome. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I, you know, and as you get older, what do you do with all your balls? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just. They just. They just fall on the ground. Yeah. You auction them off. Yeah. 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 No, yes. Yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> I auction them off before they fall on the ground. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Oh man, that's a lot of baseballs, though, man. Two hundred eighty-seven. That's Jeez. a lot of balls. That's a that lot of balls. Lot of balls. Yeah, but, uh, but that's that's we only, got balls. That's only yeah. yeah. That's only my my wins. Right. So that's not the playoff and World Series. Sure. Yeah. Too, and yeah. Then, and then the strikeout. Balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, cool. I would be think it would be kind of like comical if you did, you know. Have a ball for every game you lost and wrote down your stats. Well, Four home runs. I, <laughs> I, I put I put all my win baseballs yeah. in a nice little mantle at home. Yeah, uh, two hundred and eighty-seven with the other ones, but then I also lost two hundred and fifty. So mm. I'd have to buy a whole yeah, new, you know, whole <laughs> yes. new rack and everything. Yeah, yeah. Track them all down. Yes. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is have a negative, you know, in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Like a loss. Yeah. You know? Well. Yeah. I, I think it would be funny if, like, yeah, that's my winning ball column, and there are my losing balls. Yeah. There you go. No. Well, those ones all went home with the fans because yeah, yeah, right. they were yeah. home runs. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. A souvenir you know, with your kids. Oh, no, you know, the the ball, whoever beat me, he took the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah right. went, exactly. Left yeah. the school ground. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. The bully. Yeah. That's Big awesome. Bully. Speaking of uh, speaking of baseball, we went to the Eau Claire Express game, the Northwoods League. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night, I did the 999 challenge. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. So it's uh, nine hot dogs, nine beers, and nine innings. Do you, oh, do you, how'd you do? I did it. I did it in eight. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I, tra- I trained all day. I fasted. These guys can attest to it. We played golf in the morning. I, I, was, I, was, a good, I was a good boy. I didn't drink too much. Beer? I, was it a light beer? Yeah, it was a light beer. Light beer? And light, l- luckily, the hot dogs weren't like the jumbo size <laughs> ones. They were like the Oscar Myers. Do you think you, uh, in your prime, you could have done that challenge? Oh, the beer, for sure. I yeah. I about the hot dogs. The hot dogs Sometimes, is the hard yeah. part. I still do the beer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, nine beer. Yeah, beer and inning yeah. is yeah. that's normal pace, but yeah. Yeah, eight so. innings is impressive. Eight. That's pretty that's cool. cool. Third time I've yeah, done a challenge. Thank you. I appreciate that. Nine, nine, nine. Nine, nine, nine. Yep. Nine, nine, nine. There's a third one. What was the? Uh, oh, the nine, nine innings. Nine innings. Yes. Yep. So, it's nine, the, yeah. So, you had a beer, an inning. Yeah. And a hot dog, an inning. Did you have anything on your hot dog? No, I, I I didn't want to risk any extra calories because. Okay. How you know, do you feel today? 
Not great, honestly. <laughs> but we're we're kicking. We're here, right? Yeah. Well, we. Uh, yeah, I can only think about the toilet at this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the best well, the, the best Western Plus in Eau Claire is uh, God bless that place. Yeah. They, they 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 put us up they there. Treated you well. Yeah. That's but, awesome though. Yeah. That's, I'm, it's fun. It's good that you do that. Yeah. yeah. And That's, I got to throw the first pitch. The game. Okay. I skied it like ten feet over the catcher's head. It would would have been better if if they had. Had you throw the pitch after the game? Yeah, true. Yeah. It, I probably would have like thrown it at second base. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you would have thrown up. And yeah, then they would have asked you to go to the pitcher's mound, and you're standing on first base. Yeah. I'm at the mound. Sammy Stats would have had home. to like walk me over there yeah. to like this is the mound you throw at that guy right there, yeah. and I'm like that guy. No, that guy. That's right? a fan, sir. Yeah, that's that's someone's dad. What's, yeah. what's my name again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. I'm just fun. I'm just impressed you did it without. No, wait, wait, he did. Yeah. How, where were you at this time? He's done it before though. I was actually uh, at the Twins game last night watching oh. the uh, Joe Hall Mauer, Joe Mauer Hall of Fame ceremony. Cool. But yeah, it was it was. Fam- I was actually going to ask you how was that and, for it, Joe Mauer. You know, it's an all, always an honor to come back and see a lot of the teammates that uh, you know that I had an opportunity. I was pretty lucky because when I came up, you now Harmon Killerber was there, Tony yeah. Oliva was there, Rod Carew was there uh, in the early seventies, and then I left. Uh, not to my liking, but I left and went pitched for three other clubs. Came back in 1985, and there's Kirby Puckett and Ken Herbeck mm-hmm. and Gary Gaetti. So I got a lot of Tom Bernanski, Tim Laudner. I got a, lot, a chance to play with you know a lot of greats in the 70s and yeah. then also in the 80s. So it's pretty pretty fortunate. Yeah, and then you got to uh, you get you were there watch pretty much to broadcast and almost the entire. Or Joe Joe Mauer's entire career. Yes, yes, that was awesome. Sure did. Had, yeah. What a great hitter! Came up in two thousand four, and uh, had a had a hopefully a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. He had for the Twins Hall of Fame, yes, but now let's see if he can get him to Cooperstown. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm hoping. Well, there's that huge debate: is Joe Mauer a Hall of Famer? And I guess your thoughts are probably it's that up he to be, the yeah. writers. Yeah. It's up to the writers. The first ten years, uh, you know, and then we'll see what happens. Mauer was a staple. Do you guys remember the sideburns they'd pass out during oh, yeah. games? Yes. Yeah. That was my favorite. And I that, love those commercials yeah. they did, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I forgot to take a picture. I, I should have took a picture of it last night. But they said, uh, well, Paul Feiner, please come out to uh, – or they're like, Twins fans, please welcome Paul Feiner. And I'm like, who the hell is Paul Feiner? And they put a big text under him on the big screen, only guy to strike out Joe Mauer in high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea who this guy was. People I hope he kept there. that ball. Yeah. Seriously. So he, they brought him out. I think his name was Paul Feiner, I think. You think yeah. about that. Do you guys play sports at all in high school? Yeah. Or baseball, yeah, baseball or anything? Yeah. Baseball, hockey. Yeah. You think yeah. about going through your high school, and I'm sure it's probably varsity all four years. Absolutely. Only striking out once. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's insane. I, I, well, and he was he cool. he could have played like multiple pro sports, right? right? Yeah. Like he could have played football. He could have played. I think he's good at basketball too. Yeah. And now he's he's playing hockey. He plays uh, in celebrity games, and he looks great. Yeah. He he's, he's the kind good. of guy who could pick up anything, and he'd be good at yeah. it. He's a Minnesota. He's he's a hometown hero. Like exactly. Just, you know, I just I, well they said uh, you know it was kind of cool when they were just announcing the the Hall of Fame Twins Hall of Fame right before they were setting it up. They're like from. Whether you're, te- they grew up ten miles away from Minneapolis, or all the way down to, you know, I think they're mentioning like, I don't know, some like the South American countries where we've gotten some Twins players who've won World Series with us. Like this, the Twins Hall of Fame ceremony was just, I don't know, bringing them all into that Ring of Honor is. Really Did you cool. get goosebumps? A little bit, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah, with the Joe Mauer on the big screen showing all the highlights. I'm like, wow. And the old commercials were nostalgic. Yeah. I'm like, I forgot about those. Like when with Joe Nathan, his mom comes in, like, boys, yeah. stop roughhousing yeah. in the house. They're playing baseball in the basement. Joe. They're both Joe. Yeah, yeah. Joe Nathan, Joe Mauer. Joe, take it outside. Yeah. yeah. We were there for a Garden Hire's uh, ceremony. Was that last year? Yeah, last year. And they showed the stats. I think he got kicked out of 125 games. Yeah. Got thrown out of. They put that on the big screen. It was the best. Garden's a good man. Dan Gladden also went in that year. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Good people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But you know, when you go to those things as fans, too, it makes you reminisce like we're talking about right here. Mm -hmm. Right. Remember, it's all positive, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was going to ask too. You're you're pretty famous for your curveball. Uh, where did you learn to throw the curveball like that? Actually, I learned. Uh, my dad was a big Dodger fan, and I mentioned Koufax and Drysdale. Sandy Koufax, a left-handed pitcher, Don Drysdale, a right-handed pitcher for the Dodgers back in the '60s. And when he came, I was born in Holland. When we came to the United States, my dad kind of picked up baseball. He liked liked baseball, so. I would sit and listen to ball games, and I would keep score, uh, like my little scorebook, you know, a little league scorebook, and especially when Koufax and Drysdale pitched. And then uh, when I started to throw the baseball, mm-hmm. I didn't start playing baseball till I was about ten years old as a catcher. Uh, my dad listened to an interview with Vin Scully about describing. His curveball, because he had a great curveball. The mound was steeper than it is now, and he would have, call it a drop, Mm -hmm. straight over the top. And Vin Scully, the great announcer for the Dodgers forever and ever, and probably the best play-by-play color analyst, whatever, uh, ever, Vin Scully, had an interview with Sandy Koufax, and Koufax's career was cut short because he had an arthritic elbow. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's because he started throwing a curveball at, too young an age. So anyway, so he did this interview with Vin, and Sandy said, if I ever had a son, I wouldn't let him throw a curveball until he was about 14 years old. Yeah. And my dad was listening, and we'd play catch in the backyard, and uh, he would just tell me in his Dutch accent, uh, fastballs only, change-ups. Yeah. No curveballs. Or I'll knock your head off. Yeah. yeah basically. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't throw a curveball until I was about 14 years old. And I I visualized Vin Scully describing Koufax's drop. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, you're almost looking at a clock goes from 12 to 6. And that's kind of how I learned my curveball. And then, uh, but everything, talk people talk about the curveball, but everything for me keyed off the fastball. I wasn't afraid to pitch inside. You got to pitch away, uh, all four quadrants of the plate. So, yep. Yeah. And then the curveball was my strikeout pitch. Yeah, that was the that was the kill shot. Was, yep. Uh, the one that I, w- I had fun. I had fun with it. Uh, it was. I held it differently. The only other guy that ever held the ball that Bob Feller, mm-hmm. uh, great Bob Feller, Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. He held it the same way that I held mine. Everybody else is different. You know, the baseball feels different in everybody's hand, yeah, hand yep. size. Utilize the seams if you want, but uh, everybody's different. Yeah, well, I want to. Yeah, I want to ask. I mean, like, did you add any more pitch types to your arsenal as you went through your career? Yeah, when I when I first came up, I was just turned nineteen years old. It was just fastball, curveball. Yeah. See if you can hit it. Yeah. You know, I'll challenge you. Mm-hmm. And then watching Jim Perry and Jim Cott and Louis Tiant and Dave Boswell, when I first came up, we pitched every fourth day. Mm-hmm. You know, watching them pitch rather than I think I was a thrower when I first came yeah. up. 
but watching them and then helping my pitching coach, Marv Grissom, way back in 1970, changed my delivery because I was pitching like a javelin thrower. (laughs) I would land on my left heel and almost recoil. So honest to God truth, between starts, he would bring out a folding chair because I landed more toward the third baseline than toward the catcher with my left foot. Yeah. So where I landed, he put the folding chair down. This is old school. So he put that mm. folding chair down. And he says, okay, what I want you to do is when you open up and open your you know, lower torso, I want you to land left of this chair. And I'm looking at the chair for, you know, how many years mm. have I gone that direction and then threw over, over my body? And I asked him, I said, Mr. Grissom, I said, what if I land on that chair? He said, well, then you'll break your damn neck. <laughs> oh, wow. So no what pitch. he did, he, he opened me up to where, you know, I could be, my arm would be more of a whip and it'd be closer toward home plate. So I took a lot of pride in conditioning too, running a, running a lot. I see these pictures today run out of gas in the fourth or fifth, sixth inning. So I was, my body was not allowed to get tired. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's but That's the mindset. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Part of visualization. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. How was your uh, reaction time on the mound? You ever take any quick liners to you? Uh, I got hit a couple yeah. times, never hit above the waist. That's good. Uh, the, the worst one was near the groin area. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, I, and the thing is, is, uh, is, it was Greg Walker with the White Sox, 3-1 fastball away, hit it right back near my groin, okay. and it ricocheted toward third third baseline. <laughs> And I ran after it. My right name was my right leg was numb. Oh god! So I'm like Chester <laughs> I'm like, on Gunsmoke, yeah. you know, dragging, <laughs> over there. dragging my leg over there. And I saw him later. In you know, he became the hitting coach for the Atlanta Braves. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 you, wa- I wanted to hit him. Did you so, throw? Did you, did you throw him out? When no, you, I, uh, you didn't get there. No, he still laughs at me. <laughs> yeah. so he, he had a chance to get out of the way. No, it was a rocket. Oh god! And then Willie Randolph imagine. hit one off my shin in New York. Uh, those I think those are the only two that I actually. Okay, that's not bad though. That's not horrible. No, and I didn't come out of the game. I was yeah. not coming out. Of the no, game. yeah, no, 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 no. Damn it! Don't you <laughs> gonna break this don't, table don't here? You just dare pull me <laughs> yeah. from the game. Yeah. yeah, I feel like today they might without your. I feel like even if the pitcher doesn't want to, I don't know why. Well, that that goes back. You said it's a sissy's game. Analytics. I've seen guys get hit back up and you know up the middle, and it's scary. Right. Very scary. So, especially when you can hear it. I bet. Like when you hear it whistle by your. These guys are strong. You know, think of Harmon Killebrew. You know how strong he was, and now today's player, Aaron Judge. Yeah. You know, you look at the size that he has. We we had Frank Howard in Mm -hmm. our era. You know, the guy stood six foot seven, six foot eight, and about three hundred pounds. And you know, when you throw a ball out over the plate, you know where they want to hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to knock your head off. Exactly. Yeah. Their so. thighs are like the size of my entire body. Yeah. It's just fucking <laughs> crazy. You're telling me if they hit it back at you, they don't apologize like they do in softball. Yeah. Sorry, pitch. You know, they run by. Yeah. yeah. No, well, they, they laugh. Yeah, they're like, ah ha. Gotcha. Well, yep. So what? Uh, pitching. What? What got you into broadcasting? Uh, boredom, I guess, being at home. Uh, I retired after 23 years. Uh, went back to Southern California. We opened, My buddy uh, Norm Foster and I opened up a little diner called Bly Levin's Dugout Diner. Nice. Uh, I started, I uh, worked for also Dr. Schuler, Dr. Robert Schuler for the Hour of Power, uh, Crystal Cathedral. I, we started a sports ministry to where... Uh, I got involved with the Boys and Girls Club because when I grew up in Southern California, we could stay at school after school 
and for intramurals or whatever, shoot caroms, shoot baskets, whatever. Yeah. But a lot of schools in California were closing down at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, especially the middle schools. So where are these kids going? They're going out on the street corner because mom and dad or if they're single family, nobody at home. Right. So they're getting in trouble. So what I did, decided to do, was started a program called BLAST, and it uh, it kept kids after school, thanks to the Boys and Girls Club and volunteering teachers, that kids, in, in especially in 6th, 7th, 8th grade, could actually stay on the school grounds, do homework, and they, your parents could pick them up at 5 o'clock. Nice. Yeah. That's so sweet. That was yeah. cool. But then uh, I was uh, actually Dave St. Peter with the Minnesota Twins had heard. They asked me to do a couple college games. Uh, if I'd try it, I should sure, sure. I'd like to try it. And so Dave St. Peter with the Twins uh, called me up and asked me if I'd like to do a couple games when the Twins were playing the Angels. Yeah. And then uh, I did. And from there, uh, I think Tommy John was doing some of the games along with Al Newman, and they offered me to do some games, and it led into uh, being a broadcaster. Yeah. yeah you, you and Dick Bramer's chemistry was just impeccable. Yeah, thank you. It was we great. Were, I yeah. felt we were always like the odd couple. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, yeah. like <laughs> in the beginning, like your guys' voices are what we grew up on, like yeah. watching baseball. Like you hear Dick's voice, you hear your voice, and you just think of Circle like – Circle me, Bert. Wa- yeah, watching yeah. the game with your grandparents back in the day, and yeah, it's just – it was fun. awesome. It was fun. Yeah. It's yeah. still fun today. Yeah. Oh, Not yeah. to say, like, like the oh, broadcasters they, they Dick's, went through yeah. great. Dick's yeah. been doing it forever. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's just when you're, like, growing up, you know, it's, like, totally different from now. Like, Morneau does a great job yeah. as, as yeah. color, and, and, yeah, Dick's still doing it, but it's just, like, yeah, it just brings you back. It's awesome. It's nostalgia for sure. But I know the one – the one thing we wanted to ask you and bring up regarding your broadcasting career. Well, uh, I know what you're going to bring up. New York, right? <laughs> well, yeah. the New York Yankees, because yeah. it was actually the first video we posted on our page in like 2019 when we started our social media. And yeah. we're like, hey, throwback to this day, New when York. I, when I accidentally said the F word. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you well, thought, yeah. Let me tell you, you guys are in the business, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, right now we're being taped. Right. Right. Now, this is the third game. It's a Sunday. Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And then, then it's Sunday, right? Right. Yeah. Right? Yes. Friday, That's Saturday. how it goes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. So Friday night, we tape our open because the national anthem, we don't want to talk over the anthem. Yeah. We tape it. Okay. So Saturday night, we tape it, the open. Yeah. Sunday, because instead of a 705 start on Sunday, it was a 707 or 107 start. It should have been a 105. So mm. we had to do a second segment, which we taped, right? Yeah, right, yep, right. You got all three tapes in a row? Yes. Yep. All right, now, they now, I did not look up my watch. That was my mistake. At 1 o'clock, we were to come on. I thought it was, I didn't think it was 1 o'clock. Yeah. So I'm working with Anthony LaPanta because Dick's mother was ill and he was back here in the Twin Cities. So uh, I asked the truck, I said, what are the elements that we're going to talk about? So the elements were Jeter, Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, Maurer, Morneau, in that order, and then we're going to go into Torrey Hunter because they all five were doing pretty good in the first two games. Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, Anthony opens the show. He leads into how well the play, 
you know, twins are playing. And, you know, the Yankees are a great ball club led by their captain, Derek Cheater. And then we show highlights. Well, there's D Derek Cheater. I talk about Derek Cheater. He's, you know, four for eight already in this in first two games of this series. And then, where's Alex Rodriguez? They go to Joe Maurer. Yeah. <laughs> they just skipped right over it. Yeah. 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 So I said, the F word. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> only a... F in rehearsal. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. you're a person too. Like, well, I, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah. I made a mistake. Exactly. I, I did not know we were alive. Yeah. So <laughs> drop the first one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I said, I think, ooh, I didn't know that. And as they're talking in my ear, we're live. Yeah. Okay. So I. I made a mistake. I apologized. Well, oh, yeah. Now, we have, now after it's all said and done, and Anthony did a great job of handling it, you know, and I, I think I just shut up after that. But yeah. <laughs> now the second segment came, which was on tape, yeah. right? Right. Remember mm -hmm. the three tapes? Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Now it's on tape. Now when I come back, I asked the truck, I said, please, when we come back, I have to apologize. Which I did for, I think, a minute or so, whatever it right. took until the first pitch was thrown. So, yeah, I, I felt bad about it. I apologized the best that I could as a mistake. Uh, it was not right for me to use that on the air, uh, which I said was an accident, but I don't care anytime you shouldn't say that. Right. But, like, even like the Twins fans, though, at least that we know, like, you know, love loved it. it because you were showing, like, oh, broadcasters are people too. Yeah. Like, they screw up and they say yeah, an F bomb. Exactly. Like, people, you know what the best one does that. You know what the best part of that was? Because I got suspended. Yeah. Uh, I got suspended for six games uh, on Fox and then one on the network I did the, the bad thing on. Yeah. So I'm watching a game from Fort Myers, Florida. And they were showing some signs that people made. And the best one I saw, somebody had a sign that looked like I was in jail. <laughs> and and they had me in the back with the bars, and it said, Free Bert! Yeah. <laughs> Free Bert. That's great. Free Bert. That would have been a great T-shirt. We should make – yeah, we should make T-shirts of that right now, yeah. honestly. But, Absolutely. But, but uh, you know, again, we're you know why we're here. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. There's a big auction coming. I know. Yeah, yes. big auction. BSA auction. BSAauctions.com yes. starting yeah, August 14th. Right. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. You can get all the stuff. But, Bert, we really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. All right, folks, welcome back to It's a Bet. Like I mentioned before, that was a life lifelong dream come true, getting to interview the guy that you grew up watching baseball, listening to his color commentary. Uh, I got circled, which was one of debatably the best moments of my life, for sure the highlight of the year. Uh, and once again, VSAauctions.com, beginning on August 14th, you can bid on some of Bert's stuff, including his World Series championship trophy. I know I'm going to buy one of his balls. Get it? Remember we mm -hmm. joked about that? Yeah, the he's, balls. Got, he's got balls. Uh, and also, what we forgot to mention during the interview is a large amount of the proceeds are going to go to charity. Uh, Bert and his wife have been very gracious to work with over 19 charities this year alone, I believe. They've worked with Wounded Warriors. Uh, they've helped out kids. Um, they've done all sorts of awesome stuff. So not only if you go to VSA auctions starting on the 14th, if you bid on stuff, not only does that uh, give you a, a cool addition to your man cave or basement or kitchen, wherever you want to put it, but also some of the money will go to charity. So thanks again to VSA auctions to Bert for an awesome interview, but let's cap off the show with something a little more negative uh, is a segment that we used to do back in the day that we used to call it the social simp. Uh, but now we're going to call it the Twitty end of the week until Elon changed the name to X 
Xidiot. Okay. So it's going to be the Xidiot for Extreme Idiot. Basically, just someone who's being stupid online. So we're going to get really angry. If you don't want to, if you don't want to, if you don't want us to transfer our negative energy to you right now, then stop fucking listening because we're about to get pissed. <laughs> yeah. People online. I'm People upset. I'm wanna, really pissed. I'm going to punch a hole in the wall. No. I'm pissed. <laughs> All right, Jake, if you're pissed, let's start with you. What do you got? Yeah, so if you haven't heard already, the Vikings are going to be honoring their late coach or former coach, Bud Grant, uh, and honoring his legacy with a jersey patch week one and with a helmet decal, decal the rest of the season. And, of course, Bud Grant is you know, one of the most well-known coaches in Minnesota sports history, one of the greatest NFL coaches in, in NFL history, I feel like, took the team to, you know, four Super Bowls, you know, was fantastic coach, uh, helped the team even after he was the coach, just a great all-around dude, you know, lived to almost 100 years old, just a fantastic guy, and, you know, was brought us the closest, you know, brought us the closest we could to a Super Bowl. But someone decides to comment, uh, this was from Steve Tuttle on Twitter, in all caps, under the post for the Vikings announcing this patch and decal, he said, never won anything, in all caps, um, which I don't know what he means by that. He's one of the most winningest coaches in NFL history in terms of his record. He's won a lot of games. He's technically won an NFL championship, NFC championships, broader teams to Super Bowls. He's won a lot in this team and has helped other coaches after him still win games. Yeah, he never won the Super Bowl, but he did so much for this community and this team. That's an absolutely ridiculous take. That's an idiot. That's a moron right there. Never that's, won anything. That's an exidiot. Yeah, that that's a bandwagon <laughs> fan right there. Exidiot. Bud Grant's like probably the best thing to ever happen to the Vikings. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he won on a Dude, lot. Dude, Kevin O'Connell idiot. on the other day on KFan talked about how him and Bud used to talk every week. Like, imagine retiring from your job, but still taking time valuable time that you could be relaxing, retiring, going back to help those who follow you in your position. Like, what a fucking guy. He yeah, also won 90s. the battle against Mother Nature, which no one else has. Remember when he came out, like, the freezing cold? The ice bowl. The playoff game against the Seahawks, and he comes out for the coin toss in yep. a fucking t-shirt? Oh, that's right. It was like 30 below. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't care. He's seen worse with the Met. He's like, this is nothing for me. He was probably hoping that he got frostbite and died after he saw Blair Walsh's uh, field goal mm -hmm. miss that day. Yeah. I think he wished he might have passed that. God. Yeah. Honestly. But no, he did He did so much for this team. And uh, that doesn't make that this guy's like judging him on winning a Super Bowl. That guy's going to have a long, sorry life. Well, Mr. Tuttle, we should say, uh, what the fuck have you done for the team? Maybe you don't yeah. deserve to be a fan. Did you win anything? Yeah, did I you? mean, what have you won? Yeah, what have you done? Yeah, seriously. We 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 recorded, mixed, made a music video, and released We Wish You a Merry Kirkmas. Mm -hmm. We gave the team Christmas cheer. What the fuck did you do? Yeah, you did. You've done nothing. <laughs> we got views on YouTube. We did numbers on Fox 9. What did you do, Mr. Tuttle? Yeah. You piece of shit yeah mr you tuttle dumbass you dumbass jackass all right hey, jackass uh, producer cam what do you got uh so mine's a two-part thing it starts with a page um that i've actually seen and it's actually very helpful in vegas it's called las vegas locally uh they asked a question to their audience that says will all the formula one related road construction and traffic be worth it for las vegas someone quote tweeted it this was at bubba royce oh yeah uh, our good friend Bubba <laughs> says, absolutely not, dot, dot, dot. The F1 is going to hurt Vegas with a B, I believe. <laughs> I believe. It won't. It's no, going it to bring in 10 times the amount of money that Vegas would make in some <laughs> random-ass weekend in October. 
Like, all, have you seen the hotel prices? Yeah. The hotels are mm. making a shitload of money, which is definitely going back to the city. It's helping the economy. All of these rich people that are going to be flying in are just going to be spending their money in Vegas rather than Monaco or no. L.A. or New York, wherever they're going to be. Vegas. Oh, yeah, Vegas. Sorry. I was just... uh, this is... Formula One in the United States is such a good thing for anyone who's trying to become rich because yeah. there is so much fucking money in that sport. Saudi money. That's all I have to say. You know how much I'm talking. Um, no, it's good for any city. I wish it came to Minneapolis because yeah. then we'd probably have to pay less in taxes. Dude, I, I, I was just thinking, like, kind of laughing, like, if, if Bubba was on right now on the podcast, which would never happen, what is rebuttal to that be? He'd be like, no, listen, motherfucker, it's going to tear up the roads, and it's going to blah, 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 and it's... Also, who drives in Vegas? Yeah, no one does. Walk out, it, you there, shouldn't yeah. be driving on the Strip. Their cars shouldn't there, be allowed on the Strip in general. It's a, it's a walking city. They have the I funds. Agree. They're preparing for this. They know how to repair it. It'll be fine. And that, in fact, it's going to look like brand new afterwards, because they, if they have to redo something... Thing, it's going to be redone so it's also going to it's it's a historic event this race is probably going to be in vegas until the end of time yep and uh if you could be at the first ever one it's going to be insane i mean if you just look at the numbers of how much hotels you should see the price to fly there i don't even think i could afford to fly there let um, alone fucking go to the race yeah he's it's gonna be idiot. great for the city bubba good friend but fuck do you know how much those vegas. do you know how much those casinos in vegas are going to make <laughs> on all those rich people who are going to yeah. be drunk and gambling billions lots of money a bunch yeah. for vegas b is for bunch <laughs> i fucking love <sighs> that vegas vegas <laughs> he doesn't even like try to correct it doesn't have a reply with like an asterisk vegas he's thinking of uh, the guy from ghost adventures who has the museum there zach bagans yeah he's probably like trying to does <laughs> that the zach bagans Ghost hunting museum uh, out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He's, he's probably trying to combine Bagans and Vegas, so yeah. it's 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 his town. It's Bagans, it's his Vegas. City. It's yeah. Vegas, baby. It's Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. It works better. It's the two Bs. Hold on. I want to, while we're on the topic, real quick, I just want to see how much a flight is through the Delta app. Like oh, that it's, weekend? Yeah. It's not yeah. great. Do you have the dates? Do you know when it's going to be? I already got it, yeah. Yeah. It's I can't wait to watch Dude. that on TV and save eight grand. Yeah, right. Gosh, yeah, it's a lot of money just for tickets. I'll have, I'll have a way better view too with all the cameras rather yeah. than like seeing one corner. Oh, you know what? Four seventy three for that weekend. But Not then, horrible. But then look up the hotels because they're all booked. Yeah, they're fucked. And you're those gonna... people who booked them booked them six months ago for like two grand a night. You're gonna fucking stay at the Circus Circus and sleep with fucking heroin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Circus Circus, right? To pull money out so I could put it down a cash deposit in that crackhead motel because mm. I was so hungover I couldn't make the flight. You'll <laughs> sleep with an actual clown there. Yeah, I don't think. bring up... I have PTSD looking at the Circus Circus. That was probably one of the lowest points of my life. I was so <laughs> hungover in Vegas that I had to go to some shitty motel to take a nap before the flight and the motel wouldn't let me put down... Wouldn't let me get a room unless I paid a $100 cash deposit because they've been robbed so many times. Mm. There's no ATM in there so I had to go to the fucking Circus Circus where I swear to God, they encourage you to smoke inside. Yeah. And had to smoke sit in a line of bikers yeah, not while cigarettes. I pulled out $100, just thankful that my bank didn't decline it after the amount of times I withdrew from that. But God, holy shit, what a side rant. So um, you could have been killed. Yeah, I probably could have been killed. Actually, there would have been a point where I probably would have preferred that because I was <laughs> at mm -hmm. such a I was such a loser for everything that happened. But Jack died from a clown in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, he got killed at the Circus Circus in Las Vegas. You know, <laughs> tough week for Oh, me. that's part of the act there. Someone gets murdered there once a week. Well, that's why they call it March Madness, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. Um, okay, I'll close this out here. So I basically have everyone that was replying to our tweets about Matt Dumba, unfortunately having to leave the Minnesota Wild after nine great years. Uh, when we said thank you, Matt Dumba, we had a ton of people respond. Thanks for what? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Nine fucking years of dedication. Maybe he didn't play the best hockey. Maybe everyone in this room hated him at a certain point. Maybe that was the beginning of last year, but flipped to he was the best defenseman debatably on the team the second half of last year, all the way down the stretch in the playoffs. Yeah, Dumba has not been always the best player, but when he was good, he was fucking amazing. And better yet, the energy he brought to the locker room, if you read like any of the stories about Dumba from Felino, from some of the younger guys, from Spurgeon, Brodeen, Hartman, he was the voice of the locker room. Like Ryan Reeves, when he was new to the team, he said Dumbo was the first one to welcome me in open arms. He was the guy who weaved me into the culture. He was a leader in the locker room, hence why he had an A on his jersey. Kirill literally lived with him. Yes, he slept he slept on his fucking couch. Yeah. Or whatever. Lived in probably one of his rooms. Yeah. But um yeah, he he like I said, I understand why some people have a little bit of animosity because of certain times and the way he played. But let's go beyond hockey. His annual charity hockey camp that he never put a cap on, 300-some kids show up. He hung out with all of them and spent time with all of them. No cameras around. I mean, people took pictures, but he didn't ask for it. He didn't do it for publicity. He was just a genuinely good dude. And it, while it sucks that he's off the team and he's gone, we couldn't afford him, and that's the way it is. But to like to just say he, had, he was here for nine years and did nothing is a fucking a Abominable statement. Stupid. Mm. I have a Dumbo jersey, for God's sake. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah. I love that guy. A lot of people do. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he played. He was kind of rough, like, lately. Sure. And, yeah, it probably was time to move on. For sure. Shit happened. But show but, him more respect yeah. than, what do you yeah. mean, for like, for what? It's the same guy with Bud Grant. Like, yeah. well, he didn't win anything, so, therefore, he must be he must be useless. It's like, there's so much more to it than just wins and losses. There's a reason he was on the team for 10 years. Have a fucking heart, people. He a Literally, he, he's a great guy. Yeah, great guy for the community, like we said. And he had some excellent games where he contributed a lot. And I was at I was at a few games and growing up or like in his career where he got the game winning goal in overtime. Right. So uh, particularly one against the Chicago Blackhawks. So I'm forever grateful for that. If you're if you're beating the Blackhawks in overtime and he was the guy who got the goal. So I think it's going to be one of those scenarios where you're going to see him play in Arizona or play against him and he's going to lock us down and we're going to hate him. Because yeah. he's gonna he's gonna lock us down. Him and Zucker are just gonna form a, an alliance down there and just yep. kick her ass. Minnesota Lions, yeah. but yeah. So that's uh, that's the exidiate of the week and uh, another episode of It's a Bit, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And as Jake mentioned, go to 10ktakesmn.com, click the shop tab to get our new Vikings merch. Get it now, though. Mm-hmm. It takes about a week or two to ship. So you're gonna if you're gonna want to get it before the first week of the season, make sure to get it now. Also, the gritty hats are coming back. So uh, be on They're the lookout back. for the gritty hats. If you missed one, a ton of people message me. I missed the gritty hats. When can I get another one? We're ordering more. They're coming back. We're going to have them for the people. So get your gritty hats. Make sure to go uh, to 10ktakesmn.com and read some of the awesome blogs that our 13, 14 bloggers are writing. They're putting in a lot of work to some awesome articles around entertaining Minnesota sports there. And also click the listen tab to listen to some of the other podcasts we have on the network. And also to follow us on all the socials, 10K Takes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Finally, 10K Bets on KFAN every Saturday at 2 p.m. Go to 100.3 FM or kfan.iheart.com to listen. But thank you guys so much for supporting us. It's a bit supporting 10,000 takes in general, and we'll see you next week.